Thank you. Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter number two tonight, and I appreciate the music and the music this morning, the choir and orchestra, and all the hard work that goes into our music, and uh, we should not take that for granted week in and week out. Uh, we are blessed uh, by our uh, music ministry, and I certainly appreciate all the work that goes into that. And so tonight we're going to look at Luke chapter 2 again. Of course, uh, Christmas Eve, things are a little bit different. The schedule tonight is a little bit different, and so uh, we've abbreviated some things, so I'll have more extra time to preach. And so uh, I'm excited about that. I was thinking up here as I was sitting all by myself, it's Christmas Eve, I let the pastoral staff sit with their families but I don't get to sit with my family. So I was thinking I'd have my family come sit up here <laughs> while, I, while I preach. And so I'm not going to do that because I don't want to sleep outside tonight. But uh, 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 Luke chapter number two, and uh, certainly in our Sunday school series this month and uh, through a couple of the messages uh, in the last few weeks, we've referenced Luke chapter number two. Um, it's the what we refer to, is often referred to as the Christmas story, uh, the birth of our Savior. And I'm going to read again tonight, and I'm going to make some uh, applications as we go through uh, along the way. And uh, I've just got uh, six little statements that I want to point out th this evening just to remind us. I won't give us anything new tonight, uh, but uh, the, the, it's good to be reminded of uh, these truths. And so I'll read beginning with verse number one. I'm going to read down through verse number 20. And so if you'll follow along with me. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph all, all, also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen <clears throat> as it was told unto them. I simply entitled the message tonight, The Celebration 
of Christ's birth. Let's ask the Lord's blessing. Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity uh, to look into your word. We thank you for the wonderful day. We thank you for the wonderful church you've given us. Father, may we not take for granted the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. Maybe once again, as we're reminded of your love towards man by sending your son, may we be thankful for our day of salvation. May we be reminded of our our, our, our commission, our responsibility to uh, tell the good news of the gospel to all we come in contact with. Father, I pray that you'll bless your people tonight. May we be reminded once again, may we be strengthened uh, by these reminders. And uh, Father, may your will be done this evening. And uh, we ask your hand of blessing on the message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We certainly know this passage of scripture well at this point, And uh, we're certainly thankful for God sending his son. And as we looked in the book of Isaiah this morning, and we look from the, at the focus of the prophet Isaiah prophesying the coming of the Lord as if it had already happened. And now we see the fulfillment where it actually took place that day that was appointed by God that Christ would enter into this world. And aren't you thankful that day came? And as I remind us this morning, when God tells us something's going to happen, it's as good as done. You can consider it done. I love the Christmas story. I love, the, the, of course, the, the, the account of, of the resurrection of Christ and what Christ did for us through uh, His suffering on Calvary and, and uh, giving His life and the, and the resurrection. We as Christians celebrate not just at Easter, but year-round. I love all of that. Of course, the significance of it is our salvation. But any time I think of the Christmas story, I'll, I have to, my mind automatically goes to the time when Christ is returning again. And as he said, he's going to take place, he's going to come again. But as we look at this uh, event that took place that <coughs> we celebrate, uh, not just this time of year, but all year long, there's some significant things, and there's, there's a few things I'm going to point out to us tonight. And as I've said, nothing that I say will be new to you, unless this is the first time you've ever been in church, or first time you've ever opened your Bible. Uh, if, if, if not that, this was not going to be new to you. They say, well, pastor, I may not remember. You may not remember it. Some of you don't remember what I preached this morning, uh, but uh, it's not going to be new, but it's certainly good for us to be reminded. As we think of uh, uh, Mary and all that she had experienced, and the angel coming to her, and Joseph's response, and the angel coming to Joseph, and now they are, they are going to Bethlehem and, and God's uh, certainly provision in that. But I want us to notice several things this evening. And the first one I want to notice is <clears throat> as we celebrate the, the birth of Christ, Christ's birth, the birth of Christ brought good news which brought great joy. Good news which brought great joy. Look at verse number 10 again. And the angels said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The birth of Christ brought good news, which brought great joy. Now, you have to place yourself in the setting of the scripture. These shepherds were minding their own business, keeping their sheep. And then the things that transpired, I think it would be safe to say they had never seen it before. I think it would be safe to say no man had ever seen it before. Oh, Pastor, wouldn't it have been great that, that, for, that, for that, that, that worship to break out? And I, no, you'd have been on your face afraid like they were afraid. And the, uh, we see in verse number 10, the angels said, Fear not. Why? Behold, I bring you good tidings or good news of great joy. Bad news does not bring joy. Bad news 
elicits a whole other set of emotion. And the angel's reminding them there's no reason to be afraid. I don't have bad news for you. You know, if an angel appears to you, there's, there's a 50-50 chance that it's good news or bad news. And he, he says to them, fear not, I bring you good tidings or good news, which leads to great joy. I touched on the joy that comes with our salvation this morning that comes from the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. The good news is that the prophecies that have been told, as we saw with the prophet Isaiah this morning, it has been fulfilled now. And God has sent His Son. And this is the good news that I have, which leads to great joy. Think about when you first heard the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel. It led to great joy. The joy of the Lord that comes with that good news. And friend, let me tell you, we live in a world of bad news, don't we? I mean, everything is bad news. Let me, and if it's good, let's spin it to be bad. If it's good, let's find the negative in it. You know, some people, that's the way they're wired. It's like, oh, you, you know, you, this has happened and it's good. And this, well, you got to figure out a way to make it bad. But truthfully, there's a lot of bad news that people encounter every single day. This week is, of course, Christmas is tomorrow. There's some people who's going to receive some bad news. I don't know that somebody in here, but people all around the world are going to receive bad news this week. They're going to get a phone call they weren't expecting. Somebody's going to go to the doctor. They're going to receive some bad news. You turn on the television, you're going to see bad news. But can I tell you where there's some good news? Good news in Jesus Christ. And let's not beat some of those Christians that's always quick to tell the bad news. Quick, I mean, there's good news. And that good news leads to great joy. You don't make people happy. Good news. Good news will make, well, there's nothing good to tell. How about the Lord Jesus Christ? God loved us enough. He sent his son. So that angel, the, the celebration of Christ's birth, he brought good news, which brought great joy. Notice also, number two, the news of Christ's birth was not exclusive to a select group of people. Same verse, verse number 10. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all of the predestined elect. That's not what it says. Which shall be to just the Jews. How about just the shepherds? How about just those that were in Bethlehem? No, it says which shall be to all people. You know why I like that? Because I'm an all people. You're in all people. There's no exclusive group. And, and quite frankly, in the United States of America, sometimes we think that the gospel is an American gospel. It is not that. It is for all people. The news of Christ's birth was not exclusive to a select group of people. You know, sometimes we act like it is just for an exclusive group of people. Because there's people that we walk by and we don't share the gospel with them. Well, I've mentioned to you several times, I mentioned this morning, I'll mention to you again, one of the things I've been praying for the last couple of weeks is because families coming into town, and you'll see people you normally don't see them, and for God to give opportunities to give the gospel to family and friends and loved ones. And I pray that God does open those doors, but I pray that when the doors open, we are quick to give that good news, because it's not exclusive to a select group of people. I'm thankful for that. You should be thankful for that. And so let's be quick to share that with 
everyone come in contact with. Very simple tonight, very practical. Let me say number three, as we celebrate Christ's birth, Christ was a personal Savior. Look at verse number 11. I love this. We looked at it a little bit differently this morning from Isaiah. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Those, those shepherds who were out watching their flocks, this was not a glamorous profession. They were not in the mainstream of society. They were not educated as a Pharisee would be educated. They were not, they didn't, they didn't know how to, all of the proper procedures, they were shepherds. They took care of sheep. That's what they did. Now, I would say it could enter into their mind that this great announcement of this Savior is for the educated, is for the mainstream. Why are you telling us? Why are you letting us know? And the message to them is for unto you. It's still to us today for unto you. Jesus is a personal Savior. This world is aware of the Lord Jesus Christ, and many, in our, many of our neighbors and co-workers, they will, they will acknowledge that we're celebrating the birth of our Savior. They'll, they'll even say He's the reason for the season. They know of Jesus, but they don't know Him personally. There's a difference in knowing Him personally. I mean, you, can't, you, you, you think of uh, 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 those who are uh, well-known and those who... You know, a, a, a ruler of a land or some, somebody like that, you, you're not going to get in the front gate just because you say, I, I've heard of him. I know who he is. It's different if you know them personally. And I want to remind us, and if, you, if this doesn't help you, it certainly helps me to be reminded, Christ is a personal Savior. He came personally. I love those words. You've got to circle them in verse number 11. For unto you is born. You know, where did Jesus leave? He left heaven. Where did he have to come to be that personal Savior? He had to come to us. There's a song, and I'll not dare try and sing it tonight. Most of you be familiar with it. That talks about how he came to us because we could not go to him. And that's certainly true. We think of the Lord, words of our Lord, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When he left heaven to come to earth, he came to you. He came to us. He's a personal Savior. I'm thankful for the fact that I know the Lord Jesus personally. I trust that you know him personally tonight. I trust that you know he's your personal Savior. Uh, Christ was a personal Savior. Now, let's look at verse number 14 with me very quickly. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Uh, let me say number four. The birth of Jesus glorified God while simultaneously extending God's mercy toward man. The birth of Jesus glorified God while simultaneously extending God's mercy toward man. Glory to God in the highest. When Jesus was born, Jesus came to this earth. We know why he came, to seek and to save that which was lost. We know he did not just come to be born in a manger so that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later we could exchange gifts. 
We know that he came with a purpose, and that purpose was to fulfill God's plan of redemption, to lay his own life down, to become that he was the spotless lamb, so that he could pay the sin debt of all men. And we're thankful for that. So he came to, to save sinner. He came to uh, take our place. We needed Christ. There is glory to God in the highest for what he has done. The birth of Jesus glorified God. He is the, 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 the answer to the sin problem. We know this. How many of you are saved tonight? Saved on your way to heaven. You know this. When we trusted Christ as our Savior, it did not glorify us. It glorified God. It glorified our Savior. See, that's what religion does. Religion glorifies us. It's the works that I have done. I have kept these sacraments. I have lived a good life. I have done these things. That's glory to us. Jesus is glory to God in the highest. Because we needed him for our salvation. Friend, I can stand here tonight and say I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, my sins in heaven, you can look at my record, and it is white as snow. It is the same record as the Lord Jesus Christ because his record was taken and put on mine. If you're saved, you can say the same thing. And there's only one thing I can say to that. It has nothing to do with the goodness of Greg Neal, but I can just say glory to God in the highest, that the day came when I was a child, I understood that I was a sinner, I was going to pay for my own sins, but Jesus came and died on Calvary and paid for my sins. And all I can say today is glory to God on the highest. Jesus came to save sinners. His birth glorified God. At the same time, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill, just floating out there in the atmosphere. No, toward men. The same time Jesus' birth glorified God, it was God extending mercy toward man. Well, think of that. We could glorify God for all that God has done. I don't know about you, but one of the things I enjoy doing when we have a clear night is just to look at the stars and just be amazed at the vastness of the universe that God created. And the fact you look at all those stars and God placed everyone there and He named the stars. Well, by the way, if He knows the name of the stars, He knows your name, He knows your need. He knew all that, and he still sent his son. But I can praise God for his greatness. I can praise God for his bigness. But, oh, I want to praise God today because he extended mercy to man. I think this is the, the greatest church in the world. You know, I, I know I'm a little partial, but I'm also right. Uh, I think this is the best people. Um, I can say that because some people are traveling today, so I could say that, you know. 
But all of us need to be reminded we're just recipients of God's mercy. No matter how good we lived or tried to live without the mercy of God, we have no hope. See, that's, that's, that's why it means something, the birth of Christ. That's why Jesus, what He did for us, it means something. That's why we don't want to be flippant when it comes to the things of God and when it comes to our Savior. And, you know, quite frankly, it's why my, my, my blood pressure raises when I hear His name blasphemed. He's mercy towards man. How cruel for man. They'll, they'll, re, they'll, they'll reap the consequences, sadly, but for us to reject the mercy of God, I can say because of the birth of Christ, look what God orchestrated. The fulfillment in Luke chapter 2, what we saw in Isaiah this morning, that the day is coming, I'm prophesying it as if it's already happened. We have the fulfillment of it, all the things that God put into motion. And oh, all of the, can you imagine that Roman Empire comes in? And what, and that throws all of the predictions out. It throws all the prophecies out. No, God used that to get, get, to get Mary exactly where he said Jesus would be born. All the details that go in there, we can say glory to God. Aren't you thankful what God does in your own life, all the details behind the scenes that God did for you to get the gospel when you got it, for you to uh, be where you'd receive the gospel? Well, we can say glory to God. We can also say thank you for Him extending mercy toward man. We see very quickly in verse number 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. I'll give you number five in just a moment, but I, 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 as I follow the story, and, 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 you, and you have a little idea of how my brain thinks sometimes, and I'm trying to imagine myself and, and see the little details. And, you know, uh, they've seen all of this. They're, 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 they're shaking in fear to where the angel had to say, Fear not. I mean, the heavens have opened up, and, and, and the heavenly host, all of those things. And then the, the angel tells them, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, now the angels are gone into heaven. I can imagine these shepherds looking at them, each other like, what just happened? And then what they do? They say one to another, well, let's now even go to Bethlehem. They said he's been born. Let's go see him. And this is number the first statement I'll make tonight concerning the celebration of Christ's birth. The birth of Jesus was not intended to be hidden. Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Aren't, do you remember the time? This is, this is as I was putting this together. I, I thought about, this is what came to my mind. The time when... Who Jesus was, the fact that God sent him, why he sent him. And when God revealed that to me through his spirit. The gospel was never intended to be hidden. You think about these men and how it had been revealed to them. They said, let's go and see. And friend, you and I, we need to be reminded that the birth of Jesus was not intended to be hidden. It's something that we ought to talk about. It's something that we ought to... Uh, 
uh, uh, proclamate. It's something that we ought to share. Well, we ought to celebrate in our own life and reflect on the fact that uh, God sent His Son and He never intended for it to be hidden. The birth of Jesus was not intended to be hidden. I want you to notice the last thing with me in, in verse number 20. And the shepherds returned. Well, let's, let's, let's go ahead and read verse 16. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Quite a day, wouldn't you say? Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. That's a whole different message there. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I think it would be safe to say the shepherds would never be the same. No night would ever be like that night. No matter what they experienced in life, nothing would compare to what they experienced on that day. Hearing those angels, what they told them, and then going and see it, and then with their own eyes. I look forward to the day when, certainly not these earthly eyes, but be able to see Jesus. What, what, what an experience, that, I mean, what, not just an experience, what an eternity that's going to be. Through the word, I see him. But can you imagine what it must have been like to enter into his presence? I'm not going to try and put things that aren't in the scripture into the, into the scripture, but we know those shepherds were human. I know what it feels like to know when God is doing a work in my own life. And I just happen to believe that when they entered in, there is a spirit there that told him, there he is. He's the son of God. He's the one those shepherds were talking, or those angels were talking about. He's the fulfillment of the prophecies. This is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I believe there was no doubt in their heart as they believed who that was. Well, can you imagine that scene as they looked and they saw him? I don't know what prompted them to leave, but they left and they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I wonder, can you imagine what they talked about? So what, what, what could you do? If you experience all that, well, it says they glorified, they praised God for all the things they had heard and seen. Now, let me mention number six to you. It's very simple and practical. Glory and praise is an appropriate reaction to meeting Jesus. Glory and praise is an appropriate reaction to meeting Jesus. Remember when you got saved? Remember when you met him? Have you lost your glorifying? Have you lost your praising? Well, Pastor, it's not as, it's not as fresh. Well, why is that? 
I know we can't go and we can't relive the same day, but you can relive it in your mind. You can relive it in your heart. It's an amazing thing to me, these shepherds, they... They, they, and some of you that have been to Israel would be, we, we saw some of those hills where somewhere in that vicinity, this could have taken place there in Bethlehem. And to think that the next night they were watching the sheep at the same place. I wonder how many sheep got devoured by wolves because they were staring up like this the whole night. Because they still had not got over what they had seen the night before. And the routine of going back and back, I wonder if it ever got to the place where they had gone back night after night after night after night, where it just become routine and that had become a distant memory. I wonder if they had to talk to them and say, hey, you remember when that night or remind themselves Sometimes they get discouraged or maybe something took place in their, in their home or their family or maybe in their own life and maybe they got discouraged of watching those old sheep and they, they had to just bring their mind back and say, remember when we were out here and that angel appeared and those, the skies opened up and the heavens opened up and look what we got to, to hear and be a witness of. And remember when we got to go see Jesus? We didn't have to hear about him being born. We got to see him. We got to lay our eyes on him. And he allowed us to get to see his son. And friend, it would be a good thing in your life and my life, and it would resurrect a lot of dead churches if we'd take our place back to that little Sunday school room or we'd take our, our, our place back, our, our mind back to that place at the altar or at a door where somebody showed us the gospel or wherever it was and think about the time where we met Jesus. And God used a message uh, by a preacher that, that, that might have been uh, such a disheveled mess up here, but the Spirit of God uses it, and it sounded like music to your ears, the fact that God would love you enough to send His Son to pay for your sins. But life has happened, hasn't it? And we've gone day after day after day, and we're in our routine, and things have taken place in our life. But what do we need to do from time to time? Do you remember when you saw Jesus you remember when you met him for the first time? You can't take that experience away. You can't remove that from your life. Boy, I wonder if there was times when they'd just sit and talk. Hey, what were you, what were you thinking when you first? Well, I wasn't scared of all. You liar. You were crying like a little girl over there. Well, don't tell anybody or I'll tell them how you were crying. You know, you remember what it was like when we saw him? I believe, because in the Scripture tells us they, they broadcast. I believe there were others who believed on Jesus because of what God did in their life. You think of the children that they may have or must have had and the stories Daddy told them. And as that child is going to follow in his father's footsteps and go into the same profession and say, Dad, tell me the story again of how the angels came. Tell me what it was like when you went and you saw Jesus. 
in the manger. His friend Jesus didn't stay in that manger. The day would come just a few decades later when Jesus would go to the cross of Calvary. And I wonder how many of those shepherds heard of Christ being crucified. And their little mind, their mind could go back to that little manger. They saw Jesus. They heard of the resurrection. Oh, can you think of when you met him? You saw him for the first time through the word of God. And the Spirit of God worked in your heart. Hey, I'm not standing here to tell you that life hasn't gotten busy where you, you lose a little bit of memory of that. But friend, on a daily basis, we ought to take ourselves back to when we first met Jesus. And can I just remind us, glory and praise is an appropriate reaction to meeting Jesus. There ought to be many things different about a child of God. One of them is the joy that we find in our heart. One thing I want to remind all of us, and I, and I think we, we fail in our Bible-believing churches, is perfection is not a standard that God puts on any of us. We strive to be like Christ, who is perfection. Friend, you and I need to be reminded that without Christ, we have no hope. So we ought to have the joy of the Lord. Sometimes we, we think, we allow ourselves sometimes to convince, convince us that because life has not been perfect or life has not gone as I planned it to, or I've got these burdens, maybe what, what is wrong? What am I doing wrong? How have I failed? Friend, that is just life. In spite of the burdens you may carry tonight, you, you can and should still have the joy of the Lord in your heart. Why? Because meeting Jesus is the greatest thing that you can do in your life. Being a child of God, being born again, it doesn't get any better than that. And oh, the, the future that awaits us in that place called heaven, our eternal home, is because we met the Lord Jesus Christ. There ought to be joy in our heart. There may be some disappointment that comes around the holidays, you can still have joy. The, maybe there's loved ones, as I know there is, who have finished their race and they're with the Lord. You can still have joy. Life's been hard and just, you can still have joy. Our nation is going in the wrong direction. You can still have joy. Why? Because you've met Jesus. There ought to be joy, glory, and praise. One thing that we have let be hijacked from us as Bible believers is praise. You know, and I don't think I have to tell us, but I'll remind us that the Holy Spirit is not going to have you draw attention to yourself. The Holy Spirit draws attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we ought to be people of praise. You say, oh, we're going we're gonna to start having the praise and worship services. You're going to have one of those tomorrow with yourself. Well, Pastor, I just came and the music just didn't do anything for me. 
the preaching, as good as it was, it still didn't do anything for me. That's not my fault. That's not those who sing. That's not their fault. It's not that hymn book's fault. Oh, we need to get back to that place and figuratively speaking, probably do some Christians good to go to a hillside tonight and look up at the sky and remind themselves and when they first heard about Jesus and they first heard that He has come. And then in their mind, go to that little place, that little manger where no matter how humble it was, whether kneeling by, by a couch in your living room or kneeling at an old-fashioned altar, wherever it was, take your mind back there and say, that's where I first saw Him. That's where I first became a child of God. And I have this joy in my heart and life because you're, you're, you're never the same when you meet Jesus. Glory and praise is an appropriate reaction to meeting Jesus. Well, there's so many other things that I could bring out, and I'll not do it tonight. These are just six different things that I settled on as looking at this as we go into the Christmas day tomorrow. There ought to be joy in the home of a Christian. I've told us in Sunday school through our lessons through this, this, this past several weeks is certainly it's about the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm not one of these that says that you, you can't enjoy the season. I mean, you can't enjoy Christmas or you're putting the focus. No, I think you can do both. I think you can have the focus on Christ. Enjoy friends, enjoy family, enjoy the season. I think you can exchange presents. And uh, he said, well, I don't believe in that. Well, just send them all to me and, and, and I'll take care of them for you. I'll, I'll, I'll remove them from your house if you want me to. But there ought to be joy because it's about Him. You may not, and I know we're not all caught up in this, I hope not, you may not get everything that you want tomorrow. But no matter where you are, what stage of life you are in, parents, if your children are grown or not, if you know that they're all saved, you can't buy that at Walmart. You can't. What a gift that is. What a gift. No, if they're not, you ought to pray every day, many times throughout the day. Take every opportunity. God has been so good to us. This is just a reminder tonight to let's take, it, let's take inventory. Let's be reminded. You say, oh, this, this wicked world... And God is going to judge it. When is God going to judge it? God is going to judge it. But let me remind you, that Bible tells us where judgment begins. It does not begin in Washington, D.C. It does not begin in Hollywood. Dare I say, it's not even beginning at Disney World. But judgment begins at the house of God. And tonight, I think it would revolutionize our churches. And you, you know how I, I, I'm not for alcohol. Preach on alcohol. Christians give up their, oh, yes, give up their alcohol, but I think more would be done if Christians gave up their bitterness. Everybody okay? I think more would be done if we got reminded of what Jesus has done for us. So many times we put God on trial and God has already showed us that He loves us. He's already showed us that, he, that, that uh, He's extended mercy to us in the form of His Son.
No, we get to serve Him until we're with Him. Well, the invitation is going to be very, very simple tonight. I want us to think about our own salvation. How good has God been to you? If the only thing He ever gave you was Jesus, there's no way you could ever repay Him. There's no way you could adequately thank Him. The best we can do is offer every day we have in serving Him. I think it would be a wonderful thing as families to kneel and pray tonight and thank the Lord for salvation. Thank the Lord for the church that you have. Thank the Lord for one another. If you have a loved one who's lost or you're concerned about their salvation, tonight would be a great night for you to pray for God to do a work in their heart. As we go into the Christmas season, no reminders on everything that, that takes place, and certainly I want you to enjoy all those things. As we conclude the service tonight, what do you think about when you, you, you didn't, as a shepherd, you didn't walk up on a manger. Still, what a, my mind goes back to what an awesome thing that would have been. But my own life, I think, is, is just as big of a deal. It's just an awesome, as big of an awesome thing as when I was a child and the Spirit of God showed me Jesus. Showed me what he did for me. Showed me how I needed him. And I trusted Christ as my Savior. You may not go back to a manger tonight, but can you go back to where you saw him? You trusted him? You say, what were those shepherds glorifying? The, the, the fact they saw him? No, I believe they are born again. I believe they believed on him. If they, didn't, if they didn't do it on that hillside, if the angel wasn't going to do it, laying their eyes on him and then going and telling everybody who they saw, I th- they were born again. Oh, there ought to be something different about us. And let's think about our salvation tonight. Father,